It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Well, it was a week for the Philadelphia Eagles, and what a night here at Market Tavern on 30th Street and Market Street in Center City, Philadelphia, where we bring you Inside the Birds, presented of course, by Defend Your Head. We got a lively crowd right here. We're right across from the 30th Street Station, the heart of Center City, Philadelphia. This is the second of our four live podcasts here at the Market Tavern, 4 to 6 p.m. We'll be back next Friday and again in January. Adam Kaplan, Billy Osborne, Jeff Mosher here, and we've had, guys, a really intense week here in Philadelphia, so much so that the loss to the Cowboys, right, and this wild card window that's still open, that's almost taken a back seat. It's amazing. It's taken a back seat to the biggest news of the week, and that is the mounting injuries that are happening to the Philadelphia Eagles, including the back injury now that we know to Carson Wentz. So there's a ton to get into. Carson Wentz's injury, the medical staff, Nick Foles taking over, and we're going to try And listen, we've got a very, very juicy, meaty podcast. We're going to be doing this for meaty. an hour Beefy? here at the market. Ta- meaty. Much like the brisket that I had here, the brisket sandwich at the Market Tavern, one of the best pieces of food I've had in a long time. Wow. I know you had it. it w- you didn't have it. You had some other stuff. But um, The spring rolls were terrific. The spring rolls were and, great. And look at this, brother. I got uh, a Guinness. Uh, no, Adam's draft. got his Guinness. Draft. You got your Guinness. I have my Yingling, and Billy's waiting for his uh, Hennessy to be, or, or, or Jameson uh, on the way because we know he likes the hard stuff. So we're going to <laughs> talk about this all, but great place, Market Tavern. Great location. New, Great location right across the street from the train station. So if you're headed somewhere for the holidays and you're waiting for your train, don't go anywhere. Other than that. Just, just come right here. Come right here. A few hours. Have some food. Have some drinks. And here, if you're on Friday night, you get to talk Eagles with us. Yeah. Adam Kaplan, former Eagle Billy Osborne, Jeff Mosher. Let's get into it. Um, an absolute Travis Shamockery occurred today at the Novacare. Uh, complex. What Adam. does that mean? It's a travesty. It's a sham, and it's a mockery oh, all God. into one. A Travis sham mockery, and that was the press conference that Doug Peterson had today to discuss Carson Wentz's back injury, and not only that, face a lot of questions about the team's medical staff. So let's go through what we know. Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's go through what we're told, Ozzy and Adam. 
Carson Wentz has fractured back. It's stress fractures. Is what, is, or stress injury is what Doug Peterson said. Now, I've never heard of a stress anything in the back that wasn't a stress fracture. So I think we it is get, a, It is a stress fracture. I can tell fracture. you that. It's a stress fracture. And yeah. Doug Peterson said that he's going to need three months to be fully recovered. He said however, could need. He could need. He could need. Yeah, that's yes, he, yeah. he gave that timetable. However, however, he's only questionable for Sunday. Yeah, I don't get that. That's crazy. <laughs> You're not buying that, Adam? Well, no. Well, a couple things here. He doesn't, Jeff. He doesn't need surgery. Mm-hmm. What they're trying to determine is if he plays, whether it's week 15, which won't happen, week 16 or 17, could he make it worse? Is it, you know, what are the variables of playing him and not playing him? Is it, is it worth the risk? If he, how much of a setback and that kind of thing? So if he played, mm-hmm. could he potentially have a bad setback, making it more than three months in recovery? All, Doug was asked at his press conference, how long is the recovery for this, this injury? So it could be. So he didn't know for sure. He said it could be maybe three months. He didn't even know for sure. So here's what happened. Which is not the first time, by the way, Doug hasn't really known for sure or been spot on with injury information, but I pre- which we'll get into. I do appreciate, though, because he was a guy who was in front. At least he's willing to talk about it. Yes. Some teams, well, he ha- like he the Patriots. Well, he has to, but I understand what you're saying. No, well, no, actually, he doesn't. You they, mean, they okay. don't? He doesn't have to say anything. That, that's true. But my problem is with this. If you're going to have him available, and this is such, this is your franchise quarterback, ha- either have the trainer available like Andy Reid used to do with Rick Bur- Burkholder, <laughs> or have Howie Roseman, who, is, who, who oversees the medical department. Now, Doug did the best he could. It got very testy. This is about as testy as I've ever seen it. He said, I'm done. He walked off. Yeah. Um, so it was, not, it was kind of at times not pretty. He did the best he could with it, but I would have preferred if Roseman w- happened to be there, and I'm told he was in the building that day, but today, he should have be- probably been there, but I don't know what his situation was, but I do know this. It would have made it better if Jerome reads his name. Is the, is the head athletic trainer? The head trainer. Get, have someone who knows more about it. Just put this all to rest. Well, I, I actually think you're right in that Howie Roseman should be there. He is the person who completely cleaned house of the medical staff and the training staff and hired new medical staff and training staff. And a lot of the contentious questions at Doug's press conference today were not really related to Carson Wentz. They were about a lot of the injuries that you've seen all year and why many of them have taken longer to either diagnose or come back. And those aren't medical questions are not Doug's expertise. And honestly, if a lot of there aren't a lot of teams. Andy was rare in that he he would put like a Rick Burkholder out there. Not a lot of teams do that. Howie Roseman's the one who, in my opinion, should have been there to answer those questions. And the reason why he wasn't was because, in my belief, and this is a speculation based on many years of covering this team, right? The Eagles don't want Howie doesn't want to go out there and answer questions because I think what you're gonna talk about in this podcast. But why, not? Gonna, but why not? I'll tell you what we're gonna talk about in this podcast is. There are serious concerns right now with the staff, medical, trainer, doctor, staff, all that. There are concerns within this organization. That much we know. And Howie does not want to have to answer those questions right now. Well, so not right now. I get it. I get and it. a lot okay. of people wouldn't, to be fair. A lot of people want to wait till after sure. the year, right? Sure. So in his way of doing this is that they understand that they're going to take a huge public relations hit. That Doug's, And Doug, by the way, they should be thankful for because he's willing to go out and, and kind of have these press conferences where he does the best he can. Doug knows he's going to take the sword in the back from the media. 
on behalf of the organization, and that's what they <laughs> love okay. so, about Doug Peterson. Ahead, but this is exactly why, Billy. I, they're not ready to say what they want to say, so they have to hide behind the head coach who can't say anything. Right. So you're exactly right. And I, and I have experience with this as a player and as a parent and as a, uh, a football player. So let me give you the layman's term. So this is something called a stress reaction. It's a precursor to a stress yes. fracture. Yes. Okay. You took my stuff. Yeah. So uh, a stress fracture – now, with the back is also different. I had a herniated disc, so that's also a little different. I had a herniated disc in the C6, C7. This is in the lumbar region, a little bit lower. So uh, if I can equate it, because it's confusing. So my son dealt with something this too. So he, he had this thing called a stress reaction. And, you know, it's, it's not a full-blown stress fracture. And then he also had the stress fracture. So with the stress reaction, they gave him time off to heal. That's what this type of injury is. You just need time to heal, to let the bones in the area mesh together so they don't come out doing a fracture. If you rush it or if it injures again or with something you do it, then it becomes a full-blown fracture. Mm -hmm. So when Doug says three months to heal, that's really basically three months to rest so that this doesn't become a fracture. All right, so that is a perfect... I talked to an orthopedic surgeon. Let me ask you a question, though. Okay, so you and I have similar information. Um, The person I talked to who was familiar with what's happening here said... A lot of NBA players get stress reaction fractures. He goes, Especially what happens is with their feet. Yes. Right. So what happens is they, they sprain the foot or they, they have trauma to the foot. It's very sore. They have an, they have a, um, they have an MRI. Yep. Nothing shows up. But it's sore. Later, it's, it fractures. The, the initial trauma is the, is the stress reaction. And what, what happened here is, according to a head athlete, had athletic trainer for an NFL team, not the Eagles, obviously. I don't, I've never met this guy. I don't know. No one's. By the way, <laughs> no one's ever seen this guy. No, that's that's something it's, we'll talk Jerome about. Jerome Reed is Jerome his Reed. Name? Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, 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 seriously, not but, related to Andy. No, same same spelling though. I looked it up. Uh, typically, this guy said we give an X-ray and MRI initially if the player complains about his back. If this continues to happen, and it goes in this case, they did CT scans because they wanted to make sure that it was not broken. Because Wentz, by the way, um, the first week that he was put on the injury report for the back was week seven. Right. But this is what's interesting. Because I, I wanted to make sure we got this right. Because there's been so much speculation on you know, where the Eagles had fallen on this, about the training staff. Week six was the short week against the Giants. That's on the Thursday night they won it at, at uh, MetLife Stadium. For whatever reason, and I, to this day, I, I don't know for sure, but Nate Sutfa was active for the first time. It made no sense because Carson was not on the injury report. However, he was limited on their only practice on a Tuesday, which means maybe he was sore. Right. But it it just said limited, no injury. Wednesday, he took the walk through all the reps. However, Sudfeld was active. The next week, for the first time during the season, week seven, Carson was listed with a back injury. Nate Sudfeld was also active. So it's very clear to me. That's the first time that there was an issue, and, and I know for a fact he got tested. They scanned. They, they didn't find anything. Right. Because what happens is, Billy knows this. Especially Not a scan, an MRI, scan. right? It's, um, because there's a difference. I thought yeah, it was yeah, yeah, an MRI, MRI first. first. Right, 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 right. He got tested. That's okay, big. He got tested. Right. No, he got tested, uh-huh. but whatever the testing was, it didn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm also told he had recurring soreness, so eventually they, they did more tests. They kept testing, and this week... It, they found the fracture. Right. So, so Billy's saying it's actually not a fracture. I'd heard it's a fracture. 
that it's now fractured. Now, Billy's saying it's not based on who you've talked to. Yep. It's they, not, you clearly have heard talked to somebody. Yep. I don't know who it is. And, they, and they, it was an orthopedic surgeon basically going by the same thing that we heard at the press conference, and he was giving his take based on his talk to the doctors, his, his, his personnel, as well as hearing Doug trying to disseminate it to us. Okay. I think the biggest— uh, I was told fractured, but let's put it this way. Yeah, well— Three months, they're saying— with Doug, Doug saying he said maybe it's three months. The bottom line is they do not believe if he plays it's going to be worse. He's only listed as questionable. Jeff just talked about it, which is absurd, you would think. But it's not a transverse process, which you could actually. That's Derek, a weak injury. By the way, you can play through that. Derek Carr, according to Raiders source, said the, week that, the day that he suffered the injury, he was going to play next week. The, 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 the training staff held him out. Right. He said, you're not playing. He's like, shoot it up. I want to play. Now, Carson is traveling. Okay, he's traveling. I've taken that flight. I went to the game last year, six-hour flight. He's traveling, and I know Billy was uh, with the Eagles. Did they char- they chartered flights back? You were with the Eagles in ninety and yeah, they charter. 90? Yep. They char- okay. Yep. Now the seats are much more. They're a be- it's a better feeling right now. You know, you you, you leather seats. It's yeah. padded. It was but, the worst but, back then. But, you're right. But guys, Bill, let me ask you first. Would you recommend a player with a bad back to travel, although they said it's not, it's not as bad as people are making out to be? Um, I guess it's kind of strange because when you hear him say it can't get worse if he plays, the only thing that gets this better is, is rest. So I don't understand how that can even it just, it just, it's an oxymoron. You need rest, but it's not going to get worse if he plays. So that to me doesn't make sense. So um, you're right. You know, by, by traveling I guess it, he's not oh, – little update. It's going to make it a little work. Eagles just released their report about 10 seconds ago. Um, Hicks is out. Jernigan's out. Sidney Jones is out. Oh, boy. Samalo. Isaac Samalo with his pictorial oh injury. Boy. Not good. Not good. Um, Wentz is doubtful, not questionable. Doug said questionable. But when they put it out, he's doubtful. Michael Bennett, questionable. Uh, Gibson doesn't play. He has a wrist injury. And Avante Maddox, your kid from, from uh, Pitt, yep. saying ankle and knee. He's questionable. So – all right, so now he's definitely not playing. The, the, yeah. He's not, which we know anyway. Right. Um, bottom line here, Bill, as a former player and a guy that very well connected, what do you think of a, a situation where a guy's got a, some sort of fracture or at best a stress reaction, which is a precursor, as we know, to a it, – it'll. by the way, almost all the time when you have a stress reaction, it winds up breaking. So in that, in that case – as a fo- you work for the Chiefs in, in personnel as well. Yep. So you you've done every level here, player, coach, yep. everything. How would you handle this from a club standpoint? Would you want him to play if he if he's able to play week seventeen or sixteen or seventeen? Uh, since we don't really know where this fracture or reaction is, I guess that would be my first question. Where on the back level is it? Because that to me would determine if I would let him play or not. Um, but I I probably not because knowing what I know. Like, my son had a stress reaction, and I've had stress fractures and stress reactions, but my son had a stress reaction that turned into a fracture, and he needed surgery with a screw and everything else, and he was out, you know, for three months. So, but then there was some talk that that's actually better because you can, t- you can heal it, and then it can still go back to where it was if you don't, put a, if you, don't you know, do the surgery. So I probably wouldn't let him play. You mentioned something that I'm having a tough time reconciling, and that's if you have a stress reaction, by the way, semantics always get involved with medical information too. I yep. believe but a, there is a difference, though. I, I know there's a difference, but can, is not is a stress reaction not the first sign of a stress fracture, which means it is perhaps a small, slight, tiny fracture in itself? 
Yeah, or is it just inflammation that could further be exacerbated into a fracture? Well, I think I think it depending on what it is. It could be it could be both. But in this case, I was under the belief it is this uh, is a small, tiny fracture that you wouldn't normally call a break because it's so tiny. But it's a fracture, so that 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 makes sense. How, when you, so, how though in that situation, Ozzy? From what you talked, how is that not something that you can make wor- You can't make worse. That's by playing. I that, don't understand. That's what I'm that. saying because the only thing from basically what I've been told, the only thing that you can get that better by is rest. by rest or surgery. Right. So uh, to make it, uh, and so maybe just, you know, in all fairness, we don't know how quick or how long before that Doug was given the update, and then all of a sudden he's. Pro- I mean, he could have been like, "You're telling me what?" And I got to go out here and and what? You know. So he he probably maybe he was doing the best he could, mm-hmm. but to me. He obviously did not get the full, you know, as much as he, you know, he probably will be getting as it goes on. But you're, that's a, when I heard that, it just didn't make any sense that he can play, but it's not going to get any worse if he plays. Uh, Knowing what I, I know about that. stress that's reaction. Typically, so by the way, that's that. the typical rea- uh, explanation for the transverse process injury. That's why players come back so quickly. Yep. Um, what, um, basically, the way it was explained to me by this head athletic trainer, he goes, look, they're typically on back fractures, three type. There's the, the um, transverse process, which is little tiny bones. Uh, the fracture that you could play the next week, but it's it's about when it heals about six to eight weeks totally that it to- that it will heal. Then you've got a moderate fracture, and because he, he has no idea, because this guy has no he he doesn't know yep. it has been reported what kind of fracture it is. Then there's the full fracture, which is much longer. But yep. the good thing is there's no disc issues here. That's what I was going to say. Do, you, do, do we know? Do we know that it's not a disc? If that's the case, then then that's that's no, a great thing. That's Look, a great I think thing. I think Doug's constant repetition today uh, of that during the press conference that it's not going to need surgery, which he said more than one time, is their way of saying that they feel like they dodged a bullet here, that they don't, it's not as bad as they might have thought it was going to be. Yep. But here's what I'm going to say. Let, let's move away from the medical mumbo-jumbo and whether or not the fracture can become worse or not. To me, I look at the situation and I say, this is the guy who's going to be the Eagles' starting quarterback for the next 10 to 12 to maybe 15 years. He's not even a year removed from knee surgery, and now you're adding, on top of that, a guy who's been hit a lot this year who now has a stress injury in his back. So I'm going to ask you guys to put your owner-slash-GM cap on. In my opinion, when I hear that, I think I need to shut this guy down. Yes. And I know that my window yes. for the making of the wild card is still open, but it's not Don't now care. about the wild card. It's Don't about... Care having Carson Wentz at my disposal for the next 10 to 15 years. The Aussie, I mean, if you were a player, you suffered this injury, I can't imagine that maybe your competitive thirst would want you out there, but let's say you were a GM and you were in control of Billy Osborne, right? Yep. You want to protect your investment. Yeah, you almost got, in this case, you almost got to save yourself from yourself. You almost got to save Carson from himself because knowing Carson – He's in the thick of things. He's going to want to go out there and play. He's going to want to do all that stuff. And you got to tell him no. And, you know, if you guys remember, and we've all been on this, since week three or week four, my exact words on our show were, you are relying too much on the quarterback offensively, especially a guy from a knee surgery. If you do not do something different with the offense, you are jeopardizing your quarterback because you're either going to have him injured or if he plays bad, your offense is going to sputter. And this is what I've said since week three. He's taking too many hits. He's dropping back too much, and you're not running the ball effectively. That has been from week three we said that. All right, so I, I, I got this text. It's interesting. Okay, so this is an expert. 
If there's no line on the CT scan, it's a stretch reaction. If there's a visible line, in this case there was, it's a stress fracture. There you go. Very so good medical fracture. source. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Now, this this source goes. I've no. He goes. I didn't see it. He goes. Make it clear. I have no idea what. He goes. I'm not. Ex, he goes. I don't talk to the Eagles. I have no idea what the what the testing showed. Yep. He goes. He goes from a medical standpoint. It and he goes. You know. He goes. By the way, you know it's been reported as a fracture. Said, I know that, and I've been told it's a fracture. So. Um, we don't know how bad the fracture is. Yeah, it could be a hairline. We don't know. We don't, yep, we we don't, don't know. know. Ver- they, they're not giving that information out. Um, I, I would. There's no way I play him. To answer your question, Jeff. Yeah. yeah you've him. got. That's why you have a great. This is why you're, you're paying Nick Foles what you're paying. That's absolutely that's why they didn't trade him, Jeff. That's that's all I have to say about so, it. So, but it's, I don't even think about and it. And now, it, and I think a lot of people agree, but they say that now. But if the Eagles happen to be able to go out to L.A. and Carson, I'm sorry, Nick Foles is able to win a game. You know, a tight game. They pull it out. And they win, and that wild <laughs> car- and Minnesota loses, and Carolina loses, and both of those teams are playing good teams this week, right? And that window's open, and it's a week later after that, and Carson Wentz is feeling good, right? There's going to be a temptation on the team's part, and this is probably why Doug is, all, is still saying questionable to think, all right, we got to. Because Adam, I know you've said this on the podcast before, and I agree. This organization wants, if they're not going to win a Super Bowl, they at least want Carson Wentz to get playoff experience so now yeah, yeah, but sure. now they have yeah. another factor to weigh it's oh do they want to do that at the expense of another injury for a guy who's been injured every single year going back to his yeah. senior year I mean, in college heck, let's not forget I, I i think most of the people forgot he broke his ribs and i believe that first preseason game of rookie season against tampa bay was it was that the game uh first game against i forget who it was against but yeah he broke his yeah ribs. yeah well he, first of all, listen he broke yeah, his hand yeah. his senior year at, yeah. at north dakota state but rest actually yeah hand, right yeah. and then he broke his ribs his, his rookie year. Yeah. And then, obviously, last year he, he had the knee injury. And now yeah, look, it's, it, it's, it's the back it's, injury. It's, look, Billy, Billy nailed it. I, when Bill said that, God, two months ago or so, I was like, I, I, I knew what he meant, but I didn't think it was a big deal. Now I start to see how you protect your, your quarterback who's come back from a significant knee injury. It's not about the balancing. It's about being smart because he keeps – this is what Bill was talking about – you don't want him subject to too many unnecessary hits. And by the way, this is when their line was not playing well. Peters was hurt. Um, then Lane got hurt. Lane had multiple injuries. And then, remember, they benched 61. Uh, what's the kid's name from Penn State? Steve, Steph Wisniewski. Right, Wisniewski. Who now has to start. And now Sam he's Oliver. back, correct? So, yeah, I, I think Bill, Bill knows. You've you, you got to be proactive on protecting your quarterback. This is where it has nothing to do with their front office. It's the head coach. You've got to be smart here. Protect your quarterback. It's not about you trying to run your offensive system. What's the best way to protect your quarterback? It's not to run it a little bit more, get out of his hands. He's got to stop getting hit. We don't know how he hurt his back. See, I, I, no one has told me how it's happened. But I know it's been sore for months. Yeah, it wasn't playing tiddlywinks. I know that. It was no, playing football. But, but <laughs> no, but was it a, you know, a hard hit he got in the back? Did he get slammed on the turf? We don't know that, but the repetitive hits. I remember Jaws telling me. Hit, when he would be sore, it would be continually getting hit. And as you know, by the fourth quarter, quarterbacks who continue to get hit start getting gun shy. This brings me to my next point. I had a team telling me that who's playing the Eagles, coming up. This guy's a pro-advanced scout. He, he, his job is to watch the, the opponent. You know, he'll go also go to the press box. He'll come here to an Eagles home game, and he'll you do his write-up, you know. He said, Wentz does not look like the same quarterback. Uh, sometimes he oversteps with his 
locked foot, which is his left foot. That's, that's the knee that got repaired. That's his plant leg. And sometimes he's, he's not pulling the trigger, which we saw last week in Dallas yep. badly. Yes. And he goes, I'm not him. I don't know why. I can only go by what I see. I go, thank you. I'm going to talk about that. That uh-huh. helps me. Wentz is not the same quarterback. Absolutely. He's about 65 to 70%. If he doesn't have to rehab anything other than getting rest for his back, Billy, I think he's got a chance to get back. But you played for the Eagles. You played at Pitt. You would watch tape. You would watch college quarterbacks as you did Pitt color for radio. How tough is it to come back as a quarterback who has a very short offseason, didn't get a lot of reps, though he did work, which was a little surprising, and then he's, he continues to get beaten up. What kind of offseason does this guy need to have to get back to where he was? Uh, you know, he basically was learning and taking all his summer reps in games. So it was like, you know, because you really can't replicate stuff during practice. So you're doing it during games. So if there's anything you want to work on, you really can't. So he's just getting, you know, he's getting his mental reps. He's getting all that stuff during the week. But he's getting his, you know, his action basically in the game. So, um it's it's been you know it's been tough. He's going to need a, you know a full offseason. But the good news is for all the Eagle fans, he, he will be back. He he can come back from this, and uh, just as long as it doesn't get worse. I mean, I think we're very encouraged by his knee. I, I I think he's done a remarkable job to come back from that type of knee surgery, and he had a couple games in the, in the beginning when he came back that were almost better than any games he had last year, so or as good as. So he he know we know he can do it. For whatever reason, he's just getting a little bit banged up, and the team just got off a little bit. All on a sideward men and they can never get going offensively and it seemed like whereas last year they were kind of dictating it seemed like yeah. now they were being more reactionary and, and, and billy one thing he's not aggressive anymore not not like i would say occasionally he's aggressive last year i mean it was a podcast so i could say it he was so freaking ballsy last year yep. he would make throws you go why is he doing that well because he believes he can make the throw and you go wow this kid is so aggressive like we've never seen this year Never seen a quarterback here, Jeff. So he needs Carson needs a quiet offseason. No more rehab. Where he just get throws in, get his timing back. He needs to be the aggressive quarterback that made him special last year. He's not special anymore. Uh, Adam, I have to now Doug Peterson said in his press conference that Carson's lack of running the ball and making plays with his legs against Dallas had to do with the rush lanes of the Dallas defensive linemen and how they contain better than most. I think everybody rolled their eyes. He also said the lack of throwing the ball downfield had nothing to do with the back. And I, I, with, I, a, with a the back, back injury. Oh, no, back it had injury. nothing to do oh, with yeah. the back injury. I appreciate Doug. Like I said, he's standing up there taking bullets. He's answering questions that about the medical staff that he, he shouldn't have to answer. I have to call the BS card on that. The, as you mentioned, Carson was one of the most aggressive, gunslinging quarterbacks last year. There were, I was going through uh, frame by frame watching the tape. There are times where Alshon Jeffrey is, I want to say not open, but man covered along the sideline. That's the time when Carson throws the ball up and says, Alshon, we brought you here to make the back shoulder catches. The jump balls, you know, the plays where your height and your athleticism Gets you wins you oh, that right, battle right. against the court. You throw him open. He yeah. wouldn't do it. Yeah. And I, I found yeah. three or four plays, not only where he was not covered, but there were plays where, we, where he was open, okay, where Carson just did not, not throw it to him and took a, a much shorter out. And that, to me, has got to be symptomatic of something going on with 
the, his physical abilities right now. So Carson Wentz last year in 2017, 4.92 rushes per game. This year, he's down about one, 3.9. So he's down about one rush per game. Um, here's the thing I find interesting. So the Washington game, he was so athletic in, in his rollouts, and he threw the ball really well in the run. Now, yes, we, we've pointed out many times together that that Washington game, we talked about it last week, he also missed some throws that he would never miss last year. Four open throws would have been big-time plays. One absolutely for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Another one probably would have been two others. Right. Would have been for big plays. There's no question in my mind it's either the off-season issue, that he didn't get enough throws in, his timing's off, or his back's bothering him. Oh, by the way, after the next game, he's on the injury report. He's not playing this week. So, and by the way, he has a fracture. He's had this, this back problem recurring for well over two months. So right now, I think it's time, as Jeff asked us, back off. Just back off. You got Nate Sudfeld, they absolutely adore as their backup quarterback of the future, who some teams believe could be a starter. Are you skipping over Nick, or are you just saying No, but Nick's they, a starter, okay, but yeah, yeah. they're great with the number two quarterback. Right. Carson Wentz does not need to play, period, end of story, the rest of the season. And I think, Jeff, just to add on that Adam said, to me, to me it just seems like when I'm looking at this offense and looking on the film – they never get into a flow, and I think a lot of that is because of their play calling, and I, and I don't want to be so critical, but I got to call it when I see it. When I break down their film and I look at their first down plays and you have two or three are, are runs and they were in the beginning of the game and the rest of your first down plays are all passes, that is not a good offensive breakdown because when you do pass, you want them to be thinking that you're running unless it's third and long, and they just got in too many second and long and too many third and long situations to dictate an offense. And when you go over to watch the Cowboys, it's very evenly balanced between their first down runs and passes, and then their third downs are a lot different because the Eagles are not having success on first down, and when they do run the ball on first down, it seems to be a very generic shotgun handoff to the right, zone run in the middle, zone run outside. And then there are too many second and eight, too many second and nines for an offense to be sustainably successful in the National Football League. I can't wait until the uh, playoffs when the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys lose in the playoffs. And it doesn't matter where they lose. It could be the conference championship, the divisional round. Because what's going to happen, and I'm predicting this, all right, what's going to happen is you're going to see that, like, crowd of, you know, that passing diehard legion crowd who wants to shove every stat in your face about running the ball is unnecessary they are going to dance on the graves of the seahawks and the cowboys when they lose and say see well, this is what happens when you run the ball a lot you can't win in the nfl it won't matter that at the beginning right. of the year most people didn't think the seahawks were going to even make the playoffs they'll lose in the division round and people will but say yeah, the you know what it's because they run and same thing with dallas no matter what they do whenever they lose they'll say it's because they run the ball too much. Now, I, I'm just... The only not, team it works for, though, to pound it each week, the only team is doing it is the Seattle Seahawks. It, by I the way, it works for Dallas them. does a pretty good job. I mean, they run a lot but, of first But down. they have the highest, the highest pass run ratio in the NFL. It's not even close. The Seattle Seahawks, oh, yeah. of course. And yeah. it works for, look, it works for them. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. But what Bill was talking about, you've got a, a guy that's come off a serious injury who's not quite himself. The offensive line is beat up. If you keep asking him... Job. To keep dropping back like this, right. That's right. eventually you're gonna, it's going to hurt you. Yeah, that's, no. that's exactly right, Adam. I, I love throwing the ball. What I'm saying is whatever it takes to get in second and medium and third and medium, that's what I'm for. Isn't that Whether exactly? Whether it's passing or running, I don't care what it is. Just get yourself in second and medium and third and medium or third and short, and you'll have a success in the National Football League. 
you won't have success in the National Football League if you're in third and long because that's when teams tee off on the quarterbacks. Th- and this is what the point I was making because last y- the last two years, Russell Wilson has played at an unbelievable level, but Seattle has fallen off because Russell Wilson has been playing hurt a lot. He's been had ankle injuries. He's had all sorts of injuries under the sun the last two years. And then what Pete Carroll said is we have to go back to what we do best. And we can run the ball best and take our mobile quarterback and work off of that. Not everybody can do that. You know, if you have a quarterback who's not mobile like Russell Wilson, you're going to attack differently, especially if he's a great thrower. But Russ has... Uh, one of the most accurate arms, but he's not a guy who throws the ball 70 yards like Carson on a frozen rope. He needs that play action. He needs that running game. So that's a great idea by, uh, by a Pete of marrying your personnel, your best players, to your scheme. And that, that's all I was saying. I'm not and, and I agree trying with to you. join this whole every, the, and, run, and, yeah, the run game is, uh, make is, sure, is the number one and, thing yeah, in the world. No, no. And make sure. I just want to be clear, clear because I like to sling it. I, I played in the run and shoot. Look up the run and shoot. Oh, did I you? Played, yes. Did you? At Pitt? Yeah, no, yeah, Pitt. John really? Jenkins came oh, in God, from the University why. of Houston, <laughs> oh, and we God. ran the run and shoot, which I can to only me, imagine what they felt about that. Is that to do hey, Billy, is I that loved to do, it. is that to do with the blonde hair? Yes, oh, my that's God. John Jenkins. Come on, Hoss. University of Houston. Yeah, Ozzy, yeah. come on, Hoss. Get up that college that hash. Come Kling- on, Hoss. Was that Klingler's coach? That was Klinger's coach, oh, no. exactly right. I can only imagine. Oh You're talking about Western Pennsylvania. Yes. The heart, like the yes. Eastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. With is Craig Hayward in the back. the birthplace of football. You play with Ironhead? Yes. Oh, the late Ironhead. The late Ironhead. You're talking yeah. about the birthplace of football where guys are just used to smash mouth, run, and play defense. And here you guys come throwing the rock all over the place. That must have been played over really well with the Pittsburgh. Oh, guys. yeah. It went over really well, especially <laughs> when, when we were losing. And, and 55 to 49. Exactly. So last week, the Cowboys were 10 of 19 on third down, all right? Yep. And this is what I want you to understand. Again, this is what I'm saying. Out of those nine zeros that they didn't convert, only one was less than third and long. Every other one that they did not get was over third and five. And of the 10 that they got, only two were under third and or over or over third and five so basically they were seeing third and short almost every time they had third down or, or no yes or, or the only time they converted third down is when it was third and third less and than short. five exactly right. so they were very successful on their first and second down and a lot of times it's first and, and first and they get it and then it's second and three that's because my point because the defense doesn't know they can run it or pass it there the defense has to guess exactly and that that's my point when it's third and five or less all your playbook is open when it's third and long, a lot of times they bring out and nickel comes in, dime comes in. Right. The advantage goes to the offense because then you're telling your, off, your defensive lineman, just get to the quarterback. Don't worry about the run reads because we should be able to react and stop them from getting six yards. Absolutely. That's my, that's my point. So I, I, I am not – I want to make sure it's clear. I am not a run guy. I don't necessarily like to run the football. I, I don't have many – I don't have many, like, uh, I don't really have You're many. not a running back. Yeah, I'm not a running back. And, and you know, I, I don't really care about that stuff. I only have a couple foopas when I call games that I see it. I hate the fade when it's third and, you know, that's all you can get because I just don't like one option just to throw the ball up. Right. And I can't stand on third or fourth and short when you just go one back. Other than that, do whatever you want to do. Pass it, run it, I don't care. But when I'm looking at the Eagles and seeing a guy coming back from injury, it just seemed to me – early on that they were relying too much on a guy who was coming back from injury and he was getting hit way too much and to me that was a direct result of play Kong and on first down all right interesting because the one thing i want to get into with carson wentz's injury adam and ozzy and how it relates to what's going on with the eagles right now is that 
I, I'm pretty convinced, based on what you said, what Adam said, some of the, the, the homework that I've done myself throughout the week, is that in the situation, how they handled this, it's not atypical. As you mentioned, it's not atypical that when you have the MRI, which is what Carson first had when the back thing, for it not to show. And then when you have the CT scan, which is what Carson underwent this week, that gives you a better idea of whether or not there's a fracture. Yes. So I don't, I don't believe, A, the, the rumor report out there that they he- held information from Carson Wentz. That's no, no, the, way, no way you would do he, that to he, your franchise quarterback. Wait, wait, hold on. All right. Hold on. I'll let you. Good. I don't believe that. Okay. And nor do I believe that they mishandled this with Carson. Of, of all the people, they're We're, not going to miss it. It's exactly. with their franchise quarterback. On, man. But when you look at it in the bigger picture, I don't want what I just said to cloud the fact that there's concerns with other players and how those injuries have been handled. Oh, well, that's a different story. But, okay, yes. here's the deal. So, and I said it earlier, but I could give a little bit more clarity. So, you know, they went through the testing, and they determined he had a stress reaction. He wanted to play, and it, there was no fracture. He said, this is, this is the way I feel. Not surprising at all. Carson's right, always right. going to want to play. And really, they, they had the scans this week because he was in pain after the game. And he, it showed up. They're shutting him down. I don't know why they're not listing him as out. Um, but as I guess Doug said, he confirmed that he could play with it. I mean, it's something. He, but it's, if you don't let him play, it's going to take. He wanted to know how long the re, the recovery is. About three months. He said it could be about three months. He wasn't totally sure. But you know, overall here, to sum this up, so we can move on. You've got a great backup quarterback in Nick Foles. You have a great number three quarterback in Nate Sudfeld. There's, there's no reason to go there. Right. So just, just move on. He's a, you said it right. Yeah. He's a franchise quarterback. They're, 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 he's, he's the last the, person the that they're going to screw around with. The, the idea that they're not going to tell him <laughs> or they're keeping – no. He has to find out because they have to tell him. And, he, by the way, he has to be honest. Yeah. Hey, I don't, this doesn't feel right. He's got to let uh, the medical staff know. And then they have to make a determination whether he needs scans or not, or an MRI, which he had. Didn't show. He kept playing. Um, as I said, he was on the injury report four in week seven or eight, and that was it. So, yes. and, and that's why Sudfeld, by the way, it was active, and no one knew it. I, I, I didn't, it didn't register me, with me, Jeff. Of all people, all the injuries that I've d- covered in, in my career, I didn't think it was a big deal because he was taking all the reps. Just because you practice fully doesn't mean you, ha- you don't have an issue. I keep telling people, don't be fooled by injury reports. And I think I got fooled a little bit. I didn't think it was a big deal. And he wasn't listed for, for six more weeks. And then, you know what? Now it's got a fracture. Yeah. Well, speaking of the injury report, it grows and grows by the week. And I know, Adam, you spent a lot of time this week talking to people about the injury situation this year as it pertains to the Eagles. This has been a year... Everybody thought last year was unique. It really wasn't. I mean, they had some high-profile guys get injured. Jason Peters, Carson, right? Uh, Fletcher missed a couple of games. But they have never, in, in my 15 years covering the team, there has never been this many injuries. As you sit here and pull out the sheet of all their injuries, like 13 guys, I believe, are on IR, 10 of them since the start of the well, season. Well, Richard Rodgers would be the 14th. 14th he was brought right. off. And there's right, a PUP. Right. Is uh, Chris Marigo. So, yeah, it's... It's bad. The, the one issue which we, we breezed on through very early here, what in the world, why do so many players, you talked about it, Jeff, and we, we definitely need to get into it. I think it's really the issue that Jeff McClain brought up with the Inquirer. 
Why are some of these guys taking so long to come back, Jeff? Any like, wh- what is your opinion on that? Well, that's about? what I was getting into. I know you spoke to a bunch yeah. of people. I spoke to about four people this week. Um, they range from NFL front office people to sports medicine people who work for NFL teams. So experts in that field, and, and, and all of them either are in or around the team, meaning that they you know they know the team very well. Ozzy, I know you've done the same. So between us, I have to think we've spoken to over a dozen uh, different people on what they think, what they know about the Eagles. And if I'm going to start anywhere, and I want to make this really clear right now, for people listening here at Market Tavern, for people who are going to listen to the podcast, right? we're going to try not to speculate on certain people being derelict of duty. We're not doctors. We don't know. We're not there. We only go on what we hear and what makes sense from what is common and what is not common. Right, Ozzy? So the one thing that I got, when I asked what seems to stand out about the Eagles and their new medical staff, right, as compared to how they were in the past and other teams, is experience, right? That, name, that, that, that word came up, experience. Look at the experience of the team. Well, we know that Howie fired a lot of the doctors, basically clean house, of trainers and, and doctors after they won the Super Bowl. Go figure that. After they won the Super Bowl, they cleaned house, right? And then they brought in an, almost an entirely new staff. There's a lot of new names, and then there are some players who have, or, I'm sorry, members who have been here who were promoted, right? But if you look at the head trainer, his name is Rome Reed. Uh, you look at the, a rehab person whose name is Shireen, and I don't know her last name. Um, those are two important people who are new. And the one thing that stands out to me is that Shireen, who's in charge of rehab, has never worked for an NFL team before. Now, she's worked with athletes, soccer players of all different She worked with type. NFL players, though. NFL yeah. players, but has never worked with an, on a day-to-day basis on an NFL team before. And the head trainer has spent a couple of years with the Titans, I want to say four, was never the top head trainer, but before that, he was an assistant, but he was also at a hospital. He was not Correct. with the team day-to-day. And the Titans would bring their players so into that hospital. I think yeah. that's very interesting, Adam, that they went out, and, and maybe you have information that you're going to share on, on who they were looking for, because it's hard to imagine that they were looking for people who were not ex- experts, longtime experts in the field for NFL teams. So, Jeff, I got wind, I'm going to say in the spring, before it got announced that this was going to happen, that um, the great Dr. DeLuca and Dorsheimer are going to be out. It got around. It, what typically happens, it gets back to me when I talk to certain people around the league. I heard I, one guy said to me who doesn't work for the Eagles, because I think Philly's going to make a change. I'm like, what? I'm like, this one of Super Bowls, you just said. Yeah. Because, no, um, they're going to make a change. Remember, the people there did not, the people who are in charge now did not hire these guys. I'm like, okay. I didn't know, really know the exact reason other than they'd been there a long time. Harry Roseman wanted to hire his own people. Okay, it's your job. You can do whatever you want. So I want to know who they were looking at. Now, I'm told by multiple sources that uh, they interviewed a lot of people. Um, one of them um, was a Big Ten head athletic trainer who they, they wanted to get. They just could not reach an agreement mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know how those things work, but I'm told by multiple sources that they did a lot of research. They talked to a lot of people. I don't know if they talked to five, six, ten. I don't have the exact number. Um, they did talk to multiple college head athletic trainers. They mm-hmm. talked to some NFL guys they wanted to bring in. Some people, some names you might recognize, and it just didn't work out. They got Jerome Reed, who is respected. I talked to two people who know him very well, spoke highly of him. Um, but the one thing that I think we've said on this podcast, uh, not, not only today, when we talked about Darren Sproles' injury, when I had my intel 
on exactly what happened with him. That uh-huh. he, his second his his uh, setback was higher in his hamstring, n- another area. But why did it take him so long to come back? And this is what some people want to know with this new medical team. And they specialize in rehabbing players and making sure they get back. Why are some players, not all, but why are some players, Jeff, taking longer to get back? And that's the question that people have. Yeah, and I think it's not just Darren Sproles, right? I mean, he's taken a while. Mac Hollins took a while. You had a very interesting situation, Oz, where Jay Ajayi hurt his back in week two of a game, came out, came back in like the third or fourth quarter, and then days later told the reporters that he had a back fracture, which is what we just talked about with Wentz, right, that he was going to play through. It's transverse process. Though, That's it was way. a transverse yeah. process on him, which was very interesting that he went back in the game with that. Not a weak rest like, like um, Derek Carr had, but right back in the game. And, again, there's, there are several players. Now, one thing that stands out to me is that the Eagles never before had a rehab specialist. They, oh, yeah. And, and it, it was phrased to me is because the trainers that they had in place always had the same qualifications that you would need to do rehab. Rehab is a Monday through Saturday thing, as you know. And you have to have trust right? as a player. In that the was the one thing when I was just waiting for you to take a pause. Uh, I was just waiting to say that. As a player, or you know, not that you were talking, I was just thinking that was the word that just popped to my head when you were just speaking about that, was trust. Mm-hmm. And I think as a player on a team, when you are, I mean, it's not your job. Your job is to play and get ready and all that stuff. But when you get hurt, you do have so much trust in your medical team. And sometimes they're your best friends. I mean, I still am best friends with the training staff from my college days. I mean, I'm still friends with Rob Blank, who's at Pitt now, and Charlie Thompson, who's now at Princeton, and Rick Burkholder, who's at the Kansas City Chiefs, and oh, Chris Peduzzi. Oh, Pitt, right? Yeah. Oh, and wow. Chris Peduzzi is uh, now, you know, was with the Eagles. So these guys are, were, they become your friends. Oh, did you have Peduzzi at Pitt? Yeah. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, He's the Burkholder tree is as good as the oh, Andy Reid tree. Yes. Wow. So these are the guys that you, um, and, and Chris, you know, went to play at Virginia Tech. So these are the guys you. But you, does you he play football? Yeah, he played really? at Virginia Tech. Yep. It's amazing what I learned on this podcast. And he's a Pittsburgh you never guy. Know. Wow. So it, it's like you know your point. I mean, the point you're making is that you do have so much trust in them. They become some of your best friends, and when when you find out or if there's something like we're hearing now, it does throw you for a big monkey wrench. When they're not, you know, when people are telling you or you maybe there's people are giving you saying they're not doing their job or not doing your job maybe as well as you thought, that that, that does surprise you because you just think. Because the team has employed them and you've only known the best of ever since you've played, that they're going to do everything they can in the shortest amount of time. That's why this is such a shock, I think, to a lot of people. Well, I'll tell you this. I think the Eagles are uh, – they've got their issues right now with their record, but the issues go deeper than that. And I can tell you with certainty, I spoke to someone with 100% certainty from firsthand information that there are Eagles who are not trusting right now of – the, the opinions that they're getting, the treatment, they are concerned about what's going on with the team from Why? a medical standpoint, Why? and you mentioned it. And another person said that, echoed the same sentiment that you did, another person who's an expert in the sports medicine industry. Right. There is no way a hamstring injury of the type that was revealed for Darren Sproles should have cost him 11 weeks. All right, so okay, and there's also back, but okay. I asked, okay, so I'm going to, I don't know, five weeks ago on our podcast, you asked me about Darren Sproles. What do you know about, A, the 
sat back and what what was his original injury? I, I was like, my understanding is what he had a grade two hamstring strain. For running back, I ran it by two athletic trainers. I swear by they both said four weeks. I'm like, okay. I said, look, we didn't treat him. I'm just telling you. Now this one, he I, they said one guy said to me, how long did it take for him to get back? I said about seven weeks. He's like, he had to have a setback. There's zero chance. He goes, my coach would have leveled me. He goes, what did, you told me four weeks. He would have yelled at me. Said, and then I probably would have gotten in trouble because it took too long. So something must have happened that I don't know about, but that shouldn't have been that long. And then he had a setback, which could happen. That's not the fault of a training staff. But I started to notice that when I was going through my list and I got estimations from medical sources, how long each guy would come back, okay. And then... There was, you mentioned Jay Ajayi. What happened was, if you recall, and it's been written about, Jay Ajayi suffered an ACL injury. It wasn't just his back fracture. You know, he played. He was in-game. It might have said questionable return. I don't remember what it was, but he mm-hmm. went back. Okay, finished the game, no problem. Or, he, or I don't remember exactly if he finished it. He went back in. Next day, it's MRI ACL tear. I mean, what? I was like, well, I don't <laughs> I think we all were. We were yeah. uh, that, that was a shocker. I, now, Billy played, he knows. They, they assess, I know the way it goes with knee injuries. If they suspect, if, if they suspect anything, they give them what's called a Lockman test. You, you, they test for loose ligaments. They, I've had it done to me I've, I, when I sprained my MCL, and I also had a, a um, torn meniscus. They, sh- they shock your left knee. Like what was my left knee? Um, I was playing basketball, and we had a doctor there that day, so he gave me the Lachman test. He, he wants to see if there's loose ligaments. There's a way that you hold your, the knee and they go, uh, like jerk it. It's called the Lachman test. Wait, what's it called? The Lachman, L-A-C-H-M-A-N, Lachman. Right. Just making sure. Yeah. He yeah. said it five times, so I yeah. wanted to make sure we oh, got well, it right. But I the want Lachman pe- test. Yes, I All want right. people to understand that. We're trying to teach them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Moshe's a wise guy. You know, the guys who spell their name G-D-O-F-F. We are sneaky people, man. <laughs> the cocksuckers. All right. Uh, <laughs> I mean that in the best sense of course, uh, you know. Of course you a shot did. there. <laughs> but, um, look, that was a little bit odd. Um, well, there was another player who surprised us. Well, I mean, Matt Collins, right? I mean, it was a sports hernia surgery. This is another guy who yeah. a couple of people another pointed out to I me. I put on a show, yeah. Yeah. Here's what happened. He <laughs> suffered. He had... He had the surgery, as he said, and then he had a surgery on the other back, side. Right? Oh, that's right, the other side. And then, yeah. I don't know what the injury is, Jeff, but he had another injury. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was in the groin area, but I don't know exactly what it was, so that's, pro- that's why he's not back. Yeah. I think he would have been back already, but he had another injury, maybe rehabbing. I don't know. Um, but there's so many. I go through my page of, of injuries. There's so many guys on it. And why, why do some guys take longer? Th- th- that's some of the stuff that um, people have been asking me. I, because you and I are not doctors, Billy's not, we, we don't have the answers for it. Mm-hmm. But you just said something interesting. So you know through sources, it sounds like multiple sources, that there's some, a concern among the players. Wow, that's... Um, and but, and, but, but and, the, and it, there's, a, there's a secondary... What don't they trust? Is there anything that they're, they're well, concerned about? Let me, let me give you something else that was told to me, and Ozzy, right. I'll let you weigh in on this to see what, how you would feel as a player, right? In the past, when Dr. DeLuca was here, for example, under Chip, right, he was at the complex four times a week. He was at every road game. If you had an injury, if you had something bothering you, and Dr. DeLuca is treating you, you knew you were going to see Dr. DeLuca and get the information from Dr. DeLuca. Same thing maybe if you were seeing Dr. Dorsheimer, who I believe was the internist physician who also got fired uh, in, in the overhaul. Now... 
They have a guy named Chris Dodson, who, by all accounts, everybody I spoke to says is a fantastic. He got recommended me to it. One of the big a, a doctor everyone would recognize. A guy who treats a lot of players. A lot of pl- uh, players go to. He asked me um, if I knew anyone, and the doctor says, "No, I don't know any of them." He goes, "The guy that they just, the guy that they renamed, he's been on their staff, Chris Dotson." He goes, "This guy's a superstar." Yes, good doctor. I trust him. Says so he's terrific. He works for the 76ers yes, as well. Correct. Correct. So they hired him. But the key is here, Ozzy. He doesn't go to. I've told multiple people. Three, three people have confirmed this to me. He does not travel to road games. Your head orthopedist does not travel to road games. Which, what I was told was, was the agreement from the start. He said, hey, look, I work for the 76ers, too. I can't do this. They do have some, you know, uh, other doctors who do travel who have an orthopedic background. But, again, DeLuca was there four days a week and on the road. Now they have a committee approach. They have Dodson. And if you notice their uh, list here, they have an assistant head orthosurgeon. They have another assistant head orthosurgeon. And then another assistant orthophysician. So they've got this committee that if you're a player and you're getting – a I know this just as a patient with any doctor I've ever seen. I want to talk to the same person and not have a different person two or three times a week dealing with my injury. You get what I'm saying here? Absolutely That's got to be right. very uncomfortable. It, it's very, it is because, you know, you want to have a, uh, a unified approach that you know as a player that this is what's going to go down. Because when you get injured, you know, it's, it's very traumatic because, you know, all you're thinking about is positive and playing it on the field, especially when you're trying to make the team or stay on the team. And you always know the old expression is you can't make the club from the tub. Right. Right. And uh, my good buddy, Sean Landetta, who punted forever in the National Football League, said, Ozzy, you know, I, I never even sniffed the training room my last 10 years. And I'm like, why? He goes, because, you know, they, they were looking to get rid of an old guy. They were looking for you. So he said, I would treat my stuff on my own. I, I was afraid to go into the training room. Me, on the other hand, I would go in there and just tell jokes all day long with these guys and bust their chops. But the point is, you want a guy who you can trust. You want, a, you want an approach that you know and you're comfortable with. And a lot of times you have the main guy. And then you have assistants and you have, you know, um, you, know, you have residents and things that are going on. But they're there. But you know who the main guy is. And that's the voice that you always are looking for. When he's not there, especially on game day, Especially when that, you know, sometimes that, that first decision, what they're doing right on the field or right off the field is, is so important to how things progress. That, that, that is a little, I'm sure, a little worrisome to some of the guys. Yeah, and then the last thing you want is this kind of reputation. You know, you're a team, you're, a, a very, you're the defending Super Bowl champs. You want to be able to say, hey, you know, come here, play here. We've got great coaches. We have great medical staff. We have a great facility. And if word is kind of out there, that there's a little skepticism on the treatment you're going to get on a day-to-day basis. That that hurts, yeah. Adam. You don't want a bad reputation for, any, for no, anything. No, no. You want you want total trust. Bill was talking about it. He trusted his guys implicitly. Look, it's my 20th year of covering the National Football League. I've heard a lot of stories of a lot of teams. Agents also get involved. Bill, I know you had an agent. Yep, Tony Agnone uh, out of Baltimore. Tony, I know Tony yep. very well. Yep. I know Good Jeff guy. does. Yeah. On uh, his group, um, used to be called EA, EA same, S- same as yeah, yeah. Right? Athletic okay, Services, right? right. Yeah. Eddie Johnson and yep. Richie Rosa, um, good, great people. Uh, bottom line is, it's rare to find a team that you can't find a player who's had an issue with with their their um, their medical team. And Agree. It just that's the way it is. Now, some teams have more grievances filed against them than others. I have no idea uh, this year if there's anything going on. Haven't heard anything like that, but. I find it fascinating that Jeff, that you know for, through sources, that some players have an, have issues with. Now, do you say the rehab team or just the the 
Medical staff for everybody I overall? Didn't, I didn't get a okay. specific doctor or okay. person. Just an overall concern okay. that it's been lay, uh, relayed to, to the person I spoke to about the, you can lump it all together, medical slash training going on. And look, I think what, what's really f- there is to find fascinating or interesting, and we'll see what develops, is that the, for the longest time, the Eagles had a, a staff in place. They had guys that you, you became known, whether it was Rick or whether it was DeLuca or Dorsheimer. The, I, last year they had injuries, but again, it wasn't so many. It just happened to be some big names, right? I don't know that there was this need to go out and blow it all up and bring in new people, but Howie Roseman felt that there was a need for that, and he did it. So you have to kind of take Howie here and say, did you do all of the work and the research that you needed? To, did you bring in the right people? Because, look, there's no doubt that these people, you go read their bios. They're good at their, their jobs, right? That The reason they got their jobs is because they have the education. But, again, if you don't work with NFL players, if you haven't been doing it for 5 to 10 to 12 years like we've seen guys in the past, well, then that's what opens up speculation that maybe you didn't get the right kind of people for the organization that you're running. Yeah, and that's, you know... You're talking about a team that won the Super Bowl, who really have never heard any of these problems before. We've known that, you know, when Andy was here and Rick was there forever, you know, they've always, and then Otho before that, the Eagles were like kind of the model of, you know, consistency and having great athletic teams behind the athletic team. You know, mm-hmm. the guys that were doing great on the training room. And it was just something that was known. So this is surprising, and you, and that's a good point. This is not something that the... That the, that the players want to hear, but even the coaching staff. Doug doesn't want this to be part of things. That's there, there's another thing he's got to worry about in the locker room or going out and signing free agents. Because right. you know that the agents are always going to be chirping in players' ears too. So this Absolutely. is not, yeah, this is not, this is something you got to get, you got you to get out in front of. And Howie, since he made the change, he's got to take responsibility, and I'm sure he's doing that, and he's got to get out in front of this. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. But, I mean, it's certainly uh, – it's, it's, it's not a surprise because you've already had former players and people – I mean, Jordan Matthews once complained about it. Yeah. Now it's different people. So that. Emmanuel Acho from ESPN <laughs> kind of had his – now, listen, yeah. I think the important thing is you have to separate sour grapes from reality. So just because somebody comes out and rips the Eagles medical staff or training staff doesn't mean that they were mistreated. There's oh every team. I, there's a lot of teams that hey, have hey, that. Hey, Jeff, I'll t- let me talk to you about Jordan Matthews for a, qu- for a quick second. Yeah. Source said when right before he got traded to Buffalo, they had to make sure that his knee was okay. Remember, it was a Green Bay preseason game. They played in Green Bay. I remember I knew he was going to be moved. Told by a very good source that this, team, this guy's from another team. He goes, you know what? Philly wants to show people that he's healthy. So he played in that Green Bay game. Then they trade him to Buffalo. So I, I hear, look, Jordan could say what he wants. Right. The Eagles thought he was healthy. Now, here's another little, new, little nugget that I picked up lately. I noticed that Doug Peterson in his press conferences, he was asked about a couple of injured players, guys coming back from injury or guys are out for the season. You know, he's been very good about giving us injury information, the media. However, I mean, a couple selected times, and I'll give Corey, Corey Clement. They said, when will he be back? Was it an ACL injury? He wouldn't say what it is. He, I mean, he, heck, he confirmed Ronald Darby had an ACL injury. Right. Why all of a sudden is he not telling us what that is? I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. And, again, the fact that Howie's not out there talking to me is an indication that something will happen down the line. We'll have to see. It's just, to me, 
every year with this team outside of last year in the Super Bowl when something goes wrong. You know, the wide receivers stink, Greg Lewis gets fired. Something goes wrong, there's always a change here or there. So, you know, do I know anything is going to happen? No, but it's just kind of in line well, with well, the Well, here's what I think. That I, when there's bad yeah. PR right. and it kind of mounts and mounts, and right now it's mounting, well, no, I, that there's change made. I don't think it's just about bad PR. I think they're there every day. Mm-hmm. Are they happy with the length of rehab? Do they, you know, in their information, talking to their people, you know, to their medical staff, they, they, they'll, they, they're going to find out. I mean, yeah. how, it's Howie's job. He oversees the medical staff. Absolutely. Okay. Um, also, coaching staff. Are, is Doug, and it's Doug's call. Doug's asked about John D. Filippo this week. Doug said, right now, no, I'm not, I'm not bringing him back. He said, right now, not looking at it. Right. Well, three weeks. Doug's got to make some decisions. Doug is incredibly supportive with his coaches. Now, with Greg Lewis, you mentioned him. I'm told by a great source, Doug originally told his staff he wasn't firing anyone. One week later, he changed his mind. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, was he was be- probably made to change his mind. I, I don't know. <laughs> but no, now, now, did he find out who was available? Sanjay Lau is a star. He's now coaching Dallas, right? Yeah, he's, a, he's probably one of the top three receivers coaches. Did he know? Now, he didn't know Mike Rowe, I'm told. Mike Rowe, it turned out to be a great decision. Sure. Mike Rowe single-handedly turned down the, like he turned around or helped turn around Nelson Aguilar, okay? Nelson himself got himself together. That was a great move, but. It was Doug, a great move, but, but I, I will say. But we don't, yeah. we, I, I'm expecting something, something, this is not acceptable. It's not just injuries. It man. can't be. It can't, you can't injuries, have this right? many guys right. on IR and this many awkward timetables that aren't met. And with this organization in particular, that's never really patient to begin with and, and not have but, something But, but, but I would say this, move. though. No, what I'm saying is they're now currently 6-7. and seven. It's not just all injuries, okay? They're not a bad team. You're, you're right. No, there's injuries, there's just, personnel. Yeah, yeah. There's and and, and I, you and I are wearing the same hat yeah. here. The, the, the amount of injuries on both sides of the football needs to be looked at. We're not accessing blame. When I talk to the Chargers repeatedly about it over the years, they swore to me privately that – they looked at sports science, everything. They asked opinions from people outside the organization. They said it's mostly bad luck. And they tweaked a couple things. They said, look. Now, this year, they've been in great shape with injuries. So mm-hmm. it's not cyclic like yeah, morning, morning. If, if say, I can but, phrase it the best, yeah. it's more about approach and philosophy okay. and, and, than anything, right? It's who you brought in, what their experience vector is, what are they doing, how do they relate well. Because you're right, and that's another thing that, that people told me, and Ozzy, you can attest to it. Is that injuries? That's the the actual occurrence of them is luck and no lie. Where are you? How do you plant your leg? That's nothing that a doctor but, but or a trainer can control. Sports science is important. Nutrition is important. How you feel in recovery? Recovery. Bill knows. Recovery is huge. Now, I think Howie will have to look at it. He, he doesn't have a choice. With the, the they have thirteen players on IR. Okay, they had it, Richard Rogers was fourteen. Maragos is another one who's on PUP. That's a guy's another one who's out for the year. This is crazy with this amount of injuries. So they got to at least look at it. I guarantee you, trust me, they're going to be looking at it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Speaking of injuries, did you know every year in the United States that there are more than 3.8 million sports related concussions and that most of these injuries occur in children and young adults? Defend Your Head is leading a revolution in head protection with their soft shell technology product called ProTech. Protect is a protective helmet shell made from a specialized polyurethane foam that absorbs and dissipates the energy caused by a hit to the Protect cover. Protect acts like an airbag, delaying the timing of the impact, just like an airbag delays the time of your body and head from hitting the dashboard when a crash occurs. Protect is scientifically proven to reduce G-force impacts 
by up to 70%. So for more information about the ProTech helmet shell used by Penn State, Temple, and Penn football programs, or to place an order for your own ProTech, email info at defendyourhead.com or visit them online at defendyourhead.com. That's our sponsor's ProTech. All right, we only have a few minutes left. We didn't really talk a lot about the Rams. There's not much to say. Nick Foles is going to start. The Eagles are 11.5-point underdogs. Mm, Not really expected. I mean, they've got so many injuries now that people didn't know about last week. Now Sayamalu out. Wisniewski will have to play left guard. Still beat up on defense. Good luck with that D-line. Oh, my God, Jeff. (laughs) I mean, if you're the Eagles in this case, what are you doing? With Nick Foles especially, what's Doug going to do? Well, I mean, I don't think much is going to change. I mean, you go back and you see – you know, what was successful last year, who the personnel is, what he likes to run and try and play to his strengths. I mean, that's who he understands. He's a smart guy. He, he has experience. He just hasn't played a lot. So you hope that they're a little bit more balanced. No matter who's playing quarterback, if you're a little bit more balanced, that mm-hmm. will help play and, and you be successful. And the thing that I thought that I'm looking at with Carson and, you know, when you see great players play and I was watching the game last night with the Chiefs. When great players are in a zone and they're just letting their athletic play overtake, you know, the play, mm-hmm. that's when you see beautiful things happening. That's when you see timing. When you start thinking and overthinking, that's when you usually have trouble. And sometimes, you know, with Carson, I, I don't know, maybe because things are on him that he's saying, okay, I, I, you know, maybe before I would just throw to an open. Now he's thinking, okay, if I've thrown so much to the tight end, are people going to say something? So I got to go to the outside. When you start getting that stuff going on, mm-hmm. that's when you don't look as comfortable and that's when things start to sputter and that's when you start forcing throws and doing things like that so hopefully with nick he'll just go out there with a clean sheet and go out there and just do the things that he did last year that made him successful interesting what you said because i remember when andy benched donovan after that uh baltimore game he said sometimes you got to take a step back to take a step forward positively so maybe while carson's out here adam you know he can just kind of mentally evaluate everything along with getting better physically and we'll see with nick Foles. maybe him Sitting all this time, getting into a situation where there's not so much film on him this year, the Rams have to kind of scramble on that. Maybe, maybe you get a little lightning in the bottle yet again with Nick Foles. Well, the thing is, and I was talking to Greg Cosell this morning. He said it still looks like the same offense, very compressed, really, very little downfield. They try, but they don't have anyone per se. Nelson Aguilar from the slot does it to do like a slot fade, something like that. He, he's just not a deep threat. Though he times well, that's something next year. And I know they tried with Mike Wallace. He got hurt. Matt Collins got hurt. What can you do? That, that, until they do that, this offense will not be close to complete. I don't care how many receivers they have. They could have 10. It doesn't matter. If you have no one who can get downfield, it's not good enough. Right. And they've got to get that right. That, that Mike Wallace, I get it. He's a 30-year-old receiver, but he could still run. For, that didn't work out. That, when we list, we'll probably do this week 17 or in early January. We're going to list all of their needs. There are numerous on both sides of the football. <laughs> There's not a, a position I think that they can avoid in the draft other than quarterback and maybe tight end. All right, let's get to our predictions, Ozzy. Well, you, you know, just, you know, just the one thing I want to look at. When, yeah. you're, when you're talking about playing offense, even on defense, it's, a lot of it is you're doing deception and you're trying to get the team to think one thing while you do something else. You don't, you know, sometimes, obviously, you know you're just going to line up and do what you do and just say, stop us. But a lot of times you're trying to go away from your tendencies, and that's why you know, every once in a while you'll see a team hand the ball off to the fullback. Just so the other team has to spend some time in practice saying, hey, watch the fullback, watch the fullback, and just do things like that. If not, they'll, they'll get you. You know, things don't reverses. With the Eagles, you know a lot of times that 
They never are going to run the ball twice in a row. I think that happens maybe once every two games. Um, most of their runs, when you look at it and you line up, you see it's shotgun, one-yard gain, two-yard gain. I mean, very rarely do they run when the ball's under center. They did that to start the game, mm-hmm. and they never went back to it except one other time the rest of the game. So these are tendencies that the other team will also see. So you have to do things going into the week, and that's why some teams, that's why sometimes you'll say, where did that come from? Well, that came from because they really put a good scheme together, and it worked. So this week, hopefully they'll do something uh, scheme-wise that will give their offense and their quarterback a little bit more than they have in the last couple weeks. So what's going to happen on Sunday? Sunday night, out in the Coliseum, Eagles-Rams. Eagles are a 12-point underdog, right? Uh, was it tw- is it up to 12 now? I thought it was 11 and a half. Sure, 11 and a half. What do you got? Well, uh, you know, I, I think that in a situation like this, when teams are being forced and they're looking at him and saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, and you kind of rally around the troops, uh, I, I think this is a, a closer game than we think. This is, my, my, this, is, this is not my mind speaking. This is my gut speaking. So I, I'm thinking this is like a, this is a touchdown to a five-point really? game. I know, that's, I know that's a good thing. And I can't, say, I, I can't say I, I, can't say I, I put a lot of like – I didn't put a lot of analytical thought into that. I'm just thinking about, as a player and all this other stuff, what, how you feel and how you act. Okay. So I'll let you guys pick your picks, and then I'm going to tell you why that may not be so good that I just went with my, with my heart. Go ahead. <laughs> Adam, I don't even know where to do, what to do with that. Adam. <laughs> Rams 40, Eagles 24. All right. Uh, I, I just don't think with, with Sidney Jones now out, which we kind of thought anyway because he was playing one leg last week, with, with the three street free agents – and Douglas, who played great last week, that was surprising. Wow. Yeah. So Douglas, give him credit, man. We haven't talked a lot about him. You understand something. The, the Rams are embarrassed at the Bears. The Bears have the NFL's best defense this season. They're going to be at home. Yep. They're going to go off. And by the way, they can run it's it with It's not going to be 29 degrees. No, hell no. Dude, it is, they're going off. I agree. They're going to have a minimum of five offensive touchdowns. It could be worse. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they scored well over 40. I'm going to say 40 to 24. Garbage time. They'll put some points up. Uh, you said it's 11 and a half. Yeah, that's said? what I thought it was. Billy said maybe up to 12. Okay. I, I just don't see the Eagles competing. Last week, we all liked we picked Cowboys in a close game. We were right about that. This week, it's going to get ugly because Sean McVay will not show any mercy because no, I know he, he can't be happy with what happened last week. No, and I'm right along the lines with you. Uh, I'm actually going to almost I steal your score. I'm saying 38 to 24. You said 40 to 24 Rams. Ozzy, you think it's going to be a little bit closer. Did you say you wanted to give like a final there or, or yeah, some other I, I, point? No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a final. Yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. I'm going to go 24, 20 Eagles. <laughs> remember, remember I said oh that. Ozzy playing to the Market Tavern crowd hang here. On. Now, and, right. and here's the thing. Now, you know, I, you know I've, I go against the Eagles a lot. I've done it a couple news. times. Yep. And, I, and I've done it and I've, and I've you know, I think one game we, we lost it, but I think you, it was a, still a three-point game, but I, I picked I didn't pick the Eagles. And I know this is out, and I'm not one of those guys who just Taylor does available. something to do it. Yeah, I'm not just doing something to do it. And the only reason why this I don't necessarily going to jump up on the table is because the Rams got beat last week. Uh-huh. And, and that's the thing where I think that this is something that they take a lot of pride in. However, I'm looking at some different things. The Eagles are playing for the playoffs. They have a new quarterback in. A lot of times people like that when it goes in there. I think they're going to have a little bit more uh, a little bit juice, huh? I think they have a little, a little bit of juice in this right. game. All right. So just watch this; going to be a little bit closer. Ozzy with the upset now, special. Now I will say this: oh, you got more. One right. time in college, 
I, I was so convinced that we were going to win. Not band camp? This is college? No, this is college. Right. <laughs> University of Pittsburgh, we were going to win. And because we got, we got put out of a bowl game, we had all these first-round draft picks, and we beat the team the, week, the year before. And we had upset, beaten three top 20 teams, including your, your team, Penn State. And we're going down to NC State. And I'm, and I'm telling everybody we are going to knock the living daylights out of them. We are, we are going to show everybody because we are mad. Well, not only did we lose... <laughs> Not only did the offense get shut out, I broke my collarbone in three places and, and my career was over right there on the field at Carter-Finley Stadium at, at North Carolina. So that was my, that was, why it was my heart. I told everybody we were going to beat them and I just didn't realize that everybody else wasn't feeling like I did. They had quit and they were like getting ready to pack in and go and play you know, National League football. But right. uh, something about this game just... Uh, there's something that smells. That's so, uh, awesome. Very, exactly. There you go. A little story a behind very it. Very shouting Freudian pick on your part to pick the Eagles and now expect them to get all hurt even more and yes. lose the game. So yes. I like that. Okay. I like that. That's gonna, that is going to do it for Inside the Birds, presented by Defend Your Head, makers of the ProTech Helmet Safety Shell. Remember to check them out at defendyourhead.com. Thanks to all the listeners. Thank you to Go Birds, WIP. Special thanks to everyone here at the Market Tavern here at 30th and Market Street in Center City, Philadelphia. They're gracious hosts. are amazing. This wonderful Irish pub, great draft beers, so many flat screens, a wonderful place to eat, drink, talk Eagles football. And, of course, we'll be back here next Friday night, the 21st, and again in January for another show. So come join us, everybody. Thanks. We're out.